Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, all guests on the Goodyear Hotline. So Odell Beckham Jr.'s father posted a video on social media early Tuesday highlighting times when Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield did not throw the ball to Odell when Odell was open. Odell Odell Beckham Sr. then responded with three green check marks in the comment section of a post (laughs) that said Baker was either, quote, Hating on Odell or just doesn't want him shining. So, so a, 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 uh, someone make, leaves that in the comments section, and, and he gives it three green check marks. The Saints did not trade Odell at the trade – excuse me. The Browns did not trade Odell uh, at the trade deadline, but they did have a conversation with the Saints. Here's Adam Schefter on that topic, 6 o'clock Sports Center last night. I'm sure Odell Beckham Jr. would have loved to have been in Louisiana playing with the Saints, playing on a team that right now is coming off a huge win. It didn't happen. The Browns wanted too much right now. The Saints were unwilling to meet the price. Odell Beckham Jr. stays in Cleveland, and I can imagine what those questions will be like for him tomorrow should he be asked questions from reporters about what his father and LeBron James were talking about today. All right. So, guys, Odell's dad uh, posts something. Now Odell's going to have to answer questions. You guys can speak to this. I mean, you played in the pre-social media era, but you have experience with, I'm sure, dealing with the media, and you have families, so family members. Yeah, social media really doesn't matter because the germ spreaders were still around back then with a pen and a pad. So they could still seek out your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your loved ones. They could catch them outside by the tunnel, by the locker room, pull a sidebar. So it didn't really matter. Social media just it happens faster, and it spreads like a fire. Um, you know, if you OBJ, though, at the end of the day, you really cannot control what your family members are talking about. You just can't do it. And, yes, you may have some sidebar conversations because that's my mom, that's my dad. They understand what my body language looks like. They understand when I come home I don't want to eat. They understand that all I want to do after a game is just go in my room and lock the door. I don't feel like – so they get it. They understand that I'm mad. And they can read through those sort of things, but you cannot control your family from saying things. You can ask them not to say things, or you could at some point in time not convey things to them, but it doesn't matter. They can still see the hurt in you. Whenever I was going through something with my teams – or whatever the case, we might have a dinner set up after the game, and it didn't go as according to plan. I tell them go ahead and go to dinner, man. I'm good. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna do something different. They could tell I'm not feeling a certain way. They meaning your parents, yeah, my your family. family, yeah, your my family. family members and all. Yeah. See, I, I think social media does matter. I think social media amplifies messages by one million x, one million x. You know, back in the day, if I had said a, you know, a juicy quote about a teammate. The beat writer writes about it in Chicago becomes a story, but it doesn't maybe it doesn't really receive national attention right away. It takes a while to work into the national vertical. Right. But now it becomes a story in those seconds. And these are the type of things, though, in seconds, in seconds. Yeah. These are the type of things, though, as an athlete fans, a lot of times wonder why athletes are aloof or standoffish or have trust issues. It's because of these things like. OBJ is a very passionate individual. 
he wears his emotions on his sleeve all the no time. Doubt, yeah. So you're telling me when he's frustrated and he comes home and he says, you know what, man, this is messed up, Pop. And he just unleashes, right? That's your holy sanctum. You're allowed to say things to your family. And then your dad posts a video that you have to then react to the next day, regardless of whether you checkmark things or not. But it puts you in that situation where you feel like you have to respond. Now you have to speak about it openly. That, that's why well, athletes me, are, are built this let way Let me sometimes. ask you something, because I think everyone can relate to having that family member, whether it's a parent or a sibling or whatever. Or who, relationships. You tell your mom or dad, somebody about some. Your, your, or you your just wife, don't want to bring them around because they're going to say something and you can't control <laughs> it. So, <laughs> no. so you sit down and you have that talk like, Mom or dad or your brother, whatever, sister, like, when we get there, you know, please, please. none of this, right? You see, I can't, I, I no. I, I have a nephew now who plays. And, I, I mean, my brother and my sister, if they see something wrong, they're going to say it. They don't go on social media and say it. They might be saying it right then and there. In the stands or something like that, you just be, you know, every now and then you try to, don't, don't do that. What's wrong with y'all? Don't tell me what to do. You know, it's like, that's my side of the family. That's who they are. It's like, no, you're not getting ready to tell me what to say about Mikey. Hard so to I'm believe that like, that's your side of the family. Like, yeah, yeah, not going to deal with that. that. That takes trust, though, because yeah. what happens if somebody breaks my trust and they start putting stuff out there, now I got trust issues. Now I got to cut With you your off. family. With your family. Now oh. I have to cut you off. So right? what, what Keith but OBJ said. OBJ ain't cutting his daddy I, off. I know, but I'm, I'm yeah. saying, like, it's easy for it to get to that place. Jay, I'm interested in this, though. What Keith said about, people. look, your family is going to be your family. Like, people, you can't control no, other people, can't. really. It's very hard to do. No. And you're saying then you have trust issues with your family. But Key was talking about you don't have to tell them explicitly what's happening. They can read your body oh, language. Absolutely. They can they see can what mood you're in. So does that affect how close you're able to be with family members? Yeah, because then who are you talking to? Like, who are you divulging but even, real stuff to? You know what I mean? Like, you have oh, to have somebody it's gotta be lonely. to talk. Yes. But that's most the problem. Of the time, most of the time, people's family, fathers, mothers, sisters, they understand the sport you're playing in. They, like, they grew up with you. So they knew his daddy knows damn well his son was open. He ain't blind. He can see it. And if he wasn't at the game, he could hear the announcers rewinding and showing him his son was open. And then he could ask him, were you open on that play, son? And OBJ said, what you think, man? And then it goes, it goes from there to the next thing. So it's not – he doesn't have to sit down and have a conversation at the dinner table with him at all. It's apparent. It's yeah. very apparent. Yeah, but that's, what, like, that's what's interesting is what Jay's talking about, seems to me, Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, is you have to keep certain people at arm's distance yes. while you're going through it because they can, they can read your butt, they can know what's going on, and if you can't control them messaging that to other people, now that affects your interpersonal relationships, right? I mean, See, I does it, that, maybe not for you, but no, maybe for had, others. I never had that issue because one of the one persons, my longtime agent, Jerome Stanley, was the guy at the end of the game or, or doing a, a time, middle of the week or whatever. He was the guy that I could communicate with about whatever the case may be. I could talk to my mom about certain things, but she wasn't talking to the coaches. She wasn't, you know, she wasn't paying attention, like, to that degree where my agent, you know, he saw, he knew because he knows sports. And he grew up around it, so he understood the body language. He understood things that was being told to me and didn't happen. You know, so when you look at a guy like OBJ's dad, he's having those conversations. He raised his son. So his son is talking to him, whether it's after the game, middle of the week, 
whatever the case is. And from that conversation, his dad can now form his own opinion. And he got sick and tired of watching his son go through the hurt and the pain. Because one thing that you don't want to see is you don't want to see your loved one get beat up in the media Mm -hmm. and attacked on social media because he's not playing to the level of what people think. And the first thing people start saying is, He's not good anymore. Yeah, if you think the truth is on your family member's side, you want people to know the truth. I'm sure people out there are wondering, okay, we're assuming that this is a family member acting on their own. Some people may be thinking, Odell wants well, that message, well, and so he can't do it himself. Did you so say, dad did you say that OBJ had the three checks on the comments? No, no his, father, his father. His father had, a three, father had senior. the three checks. Okay, three checks. Because I'll tell you the truth, guys. If it is Odell being like, I can't do this, but well, you can, I respect no, that Odell, because it means he's, he's been around and knows he can't do it directly. Yes, he can. He can do it. He can do it. Why can't he do it? It would it would bring him heat in a different kind of way. Is, Who, it would bring OBJ? It would, no, it would if bring he did it directly. Can I, can I, can I, can, yeah, I, I think if he did it directly, I don't think. I, well, you said it before. You're like, hey, look, he's going to stay there. He's going to continue to do what he has to do. But my thing is, regardless of whether OBJ said it or not, unless OBJ comes out and says, no, nah, I didn't tell my dad to say it, now it's out there, though. Now we're, it's out there. It's, to, it's, it's a fact. We're talking about it. He don't need to say that. If you approach me and I'm OBJ and you say your dad said this, well, that's my father. Go talk to him. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like what? That's, a, it's that's out my there. dad. That's what I'm saying. It's out there. Go talk to him. Now, why are you asking me what that man did? You know well, who like, wants to respond Tom, to it? Tom Brady had to deal with this not long ago. Remember, and he said something about his dad, how he's going to have to cut his dad. I forgot what well, he made a joke yeah, out of it. Him to, uh, send him to a senior citizen. Yeah, see, it's, it's an old age home. Senior citizen place but, or something like uh, that. See, you guys, are. I think that has something to do with it. But now, you know, OBJ, I, I feel like, doesn't really have to answer to this. You know what's answer to it? Baker Mayfield now. Mm. It's oh, Baker. That's a good point. Like, that brings up something internally in the locker room where you're like, mm-hmm. that's going to be an interesting family room at mm-hmm. the end of games. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. A former Browns quarterback is next as another Ohio team is being even more disrespected than the Browns. That's next, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Sirius XM Mm. Channel 80, Mm -hmm. your smart speakers Mm. on your podcast. We have... uh, Hey, guys, the, the college football rankings last night, were you guys surprised that Cincinnati wasn't top four? No. 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 
They haven't beat I, anybody. Well, Notre Dame. Stop, man. They beat a name. Yeah. Stop. I told y'all that when Notre Dame struggled against Florida State, Notre Dame wasn't good. I don't know if you wasn't on the show then, but no, were you on the show? Mm, yeah. Yeah, you were on yeah. the show then. Yeah, yeah. I was I was like, they're not good. What about um I think they're getting a lot of juice from that. I mean, uh Oregon's getting a lot Oregon, of juice from that Ohio. Oregon State struggled win, a yeah. couple Pac twelve games. They struggled against some teams. Um but so, I, I, that's the four. I was I I guess I thought maybe Oklahoma would have been in there, but maybe Ohio Michigan State's State, on their way. Michigan State pulled up when they pulled that big victory over Michigan. Big that stage, kicked big performance. To, yeah, they yep. kicked him up another notch. Robert Griffin the third, ESPN football analyst, joins us now. What's going on, RG three? What up, fellas? How y'all doing? What's up, man? What up, man? First of all, it ain't Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's early. Like, what you got, a big old teddy bear and all that? Hey, listen, after, hey, after uh, Halloween, you didn't know that the next day was Christmas? Come on, man, we celebrating that already. No, Come you on. got a big teddy bear. And two skinny trees. Look how yeah, skinny those, is that? You can't just skip over Thanksgiving, RG. Hey. Man, it, it, what, do you, what do you do for Thanksgiving? Put up some fall colors? Why not have a teddy bear and some Christmas trees on there? Yeah. Listen, this is what we do, baby. This is what little we orange, do. little brown. <laughs> what are you going to do for Thanksgiving? <laughs> hey, I, I asked Key. He wasn't surprised. Um, how su- were you? What were your thoughts that Cincinnati was not in the top four of the first CFP rankings? You know, our guy, Jimmy, uh, you know, Joey Galloway said uh, disrespectful. You know, I just think it's an embarrassment, really. It's showing the, that the group of five teams literally have no chance to make it into the college football playoff. Uh, they're, they're doing this, and the way that they go about the votes is just picking who the best teams are, not the most deserving teams, not the teams that are going to provide parity uh, through this whole process, which is why Alabama ended up at number two. But with the season that Cincinnati has had, beating Notre Dame, uh, and being as high as number two in the AP poll and coaches poll, uh, everybody thought they'd have a chance. But coming in number six, they got no chance at all. Does your Baylor Bears have a shot at the playoffs with Coach Aranda just getting it done? I mean, Coach Aranda is getting it done, and, and you know, you talk to him, and he's just—he's like—he's got that Kobe Bryant mindset, right? Like the job's not done; they still got a long way to go. But when I see Oklahoma coming in at number eight, you know, a Power Five school undefeated, uh, yes, they've had their struggles. Uh, yeah, they struggled against Kansas. Me and my crew, Mark Jones, Quint Kessinick, we we called that game. But at the same time, there's no way they should be sitting there at number eight or having Wake Forest there at number nine, undefeated in the ACC. So I think that if Baylor can can beat Oklahoma. And, and finish out the year undefeated and win the Big 12 championship, uh, a one-loss Power 5 school should get into the college football playoff. But I'm not, I'm not voting. And as you see, uh, it might end up being four SEC schools. Robert Griffin III, ESPN football college analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn J. Will Max. RG, I got to ask you this question, man, because we get into this debate all the time. The best versus most deserving. So when you look at Cincinnati and you say, okay, their best win is Notre Dame, Right, but then you think about their second best win after that is five and three UCF. They nearly lost to Navy two weeks ago. It was, they were in a fight against a one and seven Tulane team. Are they one of the best four teams, or do you think they're one of the most deserving? And wouldn't you rather see the four best teams play? 
Man, it's a tough question because if you're Cincinnati, you're looking at it like, does winning mean anything, right? I think we have uh, Wisconsin is a is five and three, and they're rated in the top 25 of the college football playoff poll. So the way I look at it is, it, it has to be a mix of the two. But when you see those rankings come out, and you got Georgia, Alabama one, two. I don't think anybody would would debate that Alabama might be the second best team in the country. Uh, but nobody wants to continually see that many of the same matchups, SEC, SEC constantly over and over so if I'm if I'm any of these group of five schools that are undefeated or have one loss uh, you look at UTSA and Houston and SMU uh, they don't even have a chance at making the poll let alone getting into the college football playoff so this to me speaks to why expansion is needed immediately RG3 I was going to ask you before we move on to to a, another topic are you afraid that you might lose Coach Aranda to another program or two or three that's out there that needs a head coach. Hey, Keyshawn, man, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a broadcaster, man. I can't be in the we category. I, I've called two Baylor games this year, had to be bipartisan. But when you look at Coach Aranda and what he's been able to do at Baylor, it kind of seems like they're a, a perfect fit for each other. Um, you know, I kind of call him like this Jedi, you know, master. He's got this way of talking and, and getting through to his team. They used to call him the professor when he was at LSU. So I think they would want to bring him back. I, I think the, the another connection would probably be way out there in uh, Southern Cal at USC, you know, haven't been growing up out there, but uh, at Baylor, they love him. They want him to stay. They've expressed that. He's expressed that he wants to stay, but you know how it is. Even uh, even Mike Tomlin's never say never. You know, and sometimes it's uh, it, it changes when they start throwing those dollar signs and opportunities in your face. Yeah, those blank checks can help. Speaking of somebody who's getting checks in OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., how do you see this whole thing playing out in Cleveland between his dad posting something on YouTube the other day, LeBron James tweeting about it, saying free OBJ? How do you see it all playing out? Yeah, they didn't they didn't trade him, you know, so if they release him now uh, and he goes on claim, you know, they're, they're going to be responsible for paying him all that money that they owe him and he'll be dead on the cap. So for them, it's best to just keep him right. Uh, try to make it work. You know, my issue isn't necessarily with, with OBJ and or Baker. It's the system that they run. Uh, it's not built to have a, a premier number one wide receiver. Uh, and that's exactly what Odell Beckham Jr. is. He's a guy that you just say, hey, forget the play. I'm going to try to throw it to this guy every single time. And I just don't think their system is set up that way. You know, it's based through the run. Uh, Baker's trying to do everything that the coaches are telling him to do. And uh, right now, it just seems like OBJ is not a priority. So Despite you... the amount of uh, empty targets or people will talk about how many targets he has and this and whatnot. But if they're not primary targets, as in we're going to try to get you the ball three or four times in the first 15 plays, then he's really not being the player uh, that they're paying him to be. Can you explain something to me as a quarterback, though? So why does it feel like Jarvis Landry is that target? Yeah, Jarvis Landry is like a security blanket in that offense, uh, the way that they play. And, and Jarvis is, you know, he's a possession guy. He's going he's gonna to move the chains, the chain mover type of guy. If you look at his catches and yards over the course of his career, he's never been just a game-breaking wide receiver that's you know, averaging 17, 18 yards a catch. Uh, but that has been OBJ. And I think in that offensive system, I've been in that offensive system uh, the majority of my career when I was playing, and uh, it's just not built that way. You go to your progressions, one, two, three, if, and if you get it to the guy, you get it to the guy because that's where the defense is telling you to throw it. Uh, but you, you got to look at OBJ like a Megatron type of guy, AJ Green, Julio, these guys that are just game breakers. And he was that uh, with the Giants, uh, but they're just not using him that way in, in Cleveland. Robert Griffin, the third ESPN football 
analyst on with Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, RG3. How concerned are you about Dak Prescott's injury moving forward? To be honest with you, I'm not that concerned with Dak's injury. Uh, it's one of those things of if he can go out there and protect himself, uh, that he should be able to play. But, you know, all the players will tell you during the season when you get an injury, there's this thing we call the new 100. And uh, if you can get back to that new 100, you're never really going to quite not feel anything. You're never going to really quite feel perfect like you did pre-injury. But as long as you can go out there and perform to your best of your abilities and, and not have any limitations, that new 100 is good enough. So for me, it's just making sure that the injury doesn't linger for him and then going into the offseason or you know later into the uh to the season that it's not making him uh have to miss games or or lingering there in week 17 or into the playoffs because that's the most important thing it's a longer season this year uh and Dak doesn't need to be worried about that calf so let it heal let your body fully prepare itself to get to that new 100 and then take off from there if he's there now let him play when you look at the nfc Right now, Robert Griffin, you got the Packers, you got the Saints, you got the Cardinals, the Rams, obviously the Cowboys, the Buccaneers are all kind of swirling around in the ocean together. Who's the best team in the NFC? Yeah, you look at these NFC teams and they're they're all beating each other up. One loss here, there. You got the Cardinals, the Rams, the Packers, but the team to beat to me is the Cowboys. With Dak, uh, they got a two-headed monster running back with Ezekiel Elliott uh, and Tony Pollard, and then obviously you got CeeDee Lamb and, and Coop at wide receiver. I just feel like they're doing a nice job, and their defense is much improved that everybody came into the season wondering what was going to happen. Uh, you know, Trevin Diggs out there catching interceptions every chance he gets, and, and their defense has been pretty optimistic. So I think they're, they're the class of the NFC right now. And, you know, this is a guy that I played against the Cowboys uh, when I was in the league. So I'm not showing any bias, just calling it like I see it. But the rest of the teams, uh, if, if Dak is not available for the Cowboys, then I believe it's the Rams. Uh, you got Matthew Stafford out there slinging it, Cooper Cup killing it, and now you got Aaron Donald and Von Miller together. I mean, that's just a nightmare for quarterbacks. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting battle throughout the rest of the season. Real quick before we let you go, RG3, who is the NFL MVP right now? NFL MVP right now, Matthew Stafford. Close second for me, Cooper Cup. I know they're on the same team, and I know that everybody says that other positions can't really win the MVP. It's always a quarterback award, but I think it's time for that award not to just be a quarterback award. Cooper Cup's uh, leading the league in touchdowns and in, uh, receiving yards, and he's second in receptions. Um, but right now, with the way his quarterback's playing, I can't put him quite over Matthew Stafford. Uh, he, he's about there balling out, and, and really you can see that relationship between him and Sean McVay. Uh, taking off. It's just a matter of them being able to, you know, maintain that throughout the rest of the season. And I wish they could have made it work with D-Jack, uh, you know, a former teammate of mine. He, he's a dynamic player, but apparently it didn't work out there. So hopefully D-Jack gets, on, gets back on his feet. Uh, but the Rams are, are the class if it's not the Cowboys. Interesting answer. Cooper Cup, but also about time someone gives Matt Stafford some love in the MVP no, talk. fine. He, he switched, RG switched, switched it up. But before we let you go, I'm going to say this, man. Don't worry about being in the media. Root for the Baylor Bears, even if you call in the damn game. Wear your pride all the way. Don't worry about that. Don't, don't try to satisfy these folks, man. Do your thing. Keep doing your thing. I appreciate that, Keisha. Much love, brother. Robert Griffin III, brought to you by Eckrich Smoked Sausage, the real MVP of any tailgate. Pick it up at your local grocer. He joined us. Thank you. RG3 joined us on the Goodyear Hotline. 
We are uh, presented by Progressive Insurance, by the way. So what if that bear would have grabbed you from behind? What would y'all have done? <laughs> what if it had just jumped up? What if it had just all of a sudden, just, ah, what would you have done? You ever find mascots? What, 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 no, uh, seriously, if you would have looked I mean, up it, uh, and saw that bear just grabbing, what would you have done? Well, sitting here, yeah. what would I have done if what, I'm Margie? Would you have I would have knocked that bear out. Yeah. No, I would have swung yeah. at the bear's face. <laughs> you would have seen me knock out a mascot on national TV. That's yeah. what you would have seen. Mascots are a little scary, man. They're anonymous. They're in that costume. You I don't know what's going fights. on in there. I love when mascots I'm sitting fight. there looking at the bear the whole time, and I'm saying to myself, what if he jumps what if, what if that's Chucky? It's like an Ellen show. <laughs> We should do that. They're cranky. It's hot in there. (laughs) In a bad mood. One team uh, lost their most important player. And you just heard RG3 say, what about Cooper Cup? And it wasn't their quarterback. How many teams can actually say that? Most important players, not their quarterback. That's after SportsCenter. There they go, and the 3-2 hit high in the air, deep left field, and it is going to leave the ballpark. Over the train tracks and into the night. He made one mistake too many. Hung a breaking ball right over the middle of the plate, and Jorge Soler destroyed it. And it is 3-0 Atlanta. You heard Dan Schulman call it on ESPN Radio. Jorge Soler got into one. Three-run shot. I mean, that thing. You see him. He's talking to people before he even starts rounding the bases. He's got all the time in the world. Atlanta Braves hammered Houston Astros 7-0 in Game 6 to clinch their first World Series title since 1995. The Braves hit a franchise record 23 home runs in the postseason, 12 of which were hit by their Four July editions. When they were under 500, people didn't know if they were going to be buyers or sellers, including Solaire. Georgia and Alabama are ranked one and two in the initial college football playoff rankings, which were released Tuesday night. Michigan State was third, followed by Oregon, whose biggest win is, of course, earlier in the season at Ohio State. The Buckeyes are ranked fifth, followed by Cincinnati, the highest-ranked group of five team in the playoff era. Undefeated Cincinnati with a win at Notre Dame. Six. And the Raiders announced late Tuesday night they cut wide receiver Henry Ruggs third after his involvement in a fatal crash. The move was made after Ruggs was released from a local hospital and Las Vegas uh, jail on two felony charges after a fiery vehicle crash early Tuesday left a woman dead. Ruggs and his female passenger were also injured. Ruggs is scheduled to appear in court on Wednesday. I'm talking about these stories and more on this Justin at 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Sports Center is presented by Progressive Insurance. If your pet is hurt in a car accident, Progressive pays up to $1,000 in vet expenses with free pet coverage. Visit Progressive.com. All right, let's play Zero to the Max. Evan, what is this week's panic meter topic? Yeah, so the, ten- the Tennessee Titans lost their best player, Derek Henry. It wasn't their quarterback. So we're going to have you guys panic meter 050-100. What would the panic meter be for these playoff teams if they did lose their quarterback? 050 or to the max. 050 to the max. Yes, I get yes. that wrong all the time, too. I could say 100. Trying to keep it 100. Yeah, right key? Oh, keep it 90. Leave yourself Don't say right room. key after it. Just act like you've been there before. Let's go. Yeah, I haven't, you though. You didn't, even right say, key? you didn't even sound right by saying 100. It was like 100. 100. No, keep it 100. 100. No, no. Keep it a buck. Keep it a buck. 
It's like he said 90, cap kids. the other day. It's like, huh? <laughs> Don't be capping. Yeah. All right. Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield. What is the panic meter if they lose Baker Mayfield? <laughs> I guess the question Zero. now would be for who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that for Baker? Be, for Baker, for me, or for the team? <laughs> team. I think internally they would probably say zero, but they will not say it publicly. Case Keenum did enough to make them feel comfortable if they needed to go back with him with Chubb in the lineup. Uh, you know, you got a running game. You still got a defense that's playing okay that could play a little bit better. You get OBJ involved a little bit more. Ding, you ding, also ding. say Landry, get involved a little bit more. So I don't. I think it's zero, me personally. I'll go 50. I still think Baker is better than Case Keenum, but – Everybody in the show seems to think Case Keenum and Baker are the same thing. So I, I still want to see Case Keenum when moments are critical, how he responds in those moments. You mean two people on the show, not everybody. On the well, show. that's everybody else on the show. Two. The, the, <laughs> you two are everybody else on the show. Yes. <laughs> Baker's a good quarterback. Let me just say that, okay? Yep. But Case, Case Keenum with Kevin Stefanski in his best year was a little bit better than Baker was in his best year with Stefanski, which was this year. It just, it's just a how many bit years better. ago was that? I, I get it, but it was that's the last time we really had an opportunity with Stefanski. I'm I would fine. say the panic meter is zero. And not that Baker's not better. I don't know how much better. And and guys, what Key just said. How many have you thought of that? You want Odell involved? I really think it's an Odell Baker issue. Now you put Keenum in, who can do a lot of the same things Baker can do. Only now Odell's involved, too? My panic meter would be at zero. Yeah, zero. The NFL MVP, according to Robert Griffin III, Matthew Stafford, 0-50 to the max. If the Rams lost Stafford, key? To the max. max. I I think it's to the max. If you you lose any dominant player on their team, uh, on the Rams team, they lost Cooper Cup, it would be to the max. If they lost uh, Aaron Donald to the max, Jalen Ramsey to the max, Matthew Stafford to the max, that, that because they're not a deep team. And, and so when you look at the Rams, yeah, Matthew Stafford is having an MVP-type season, something he's done in the past with the Detroit Lions, only the team was not having a successful season. But I think if you lost any of those guys, it would be a panic for sure. I'll, I'll go to the max. It's easy. I mean, RGG, RG3 just came on here and said that he is the MVP as of right now. You lose the MVP – in any sport, that's to the max. That's uh, easy. Is there a super max? To the super max. Look, they used a one on Jared Goff. They then traded Goff a one overall with two other first-round picks and a third to bring in Stafford. You know why they did that? Because they thought they were ready to win now. They got one loss on the season. You lose Stafford all the way to the max. Gee, who, who's the backup for the Rams? Walford. Uh, won a playoff game last year. John Walford. John Walford, Walford. won a playoff game mm-hmm. last year for them. Uh, but I don't know that one game, two games, backups are backups for a reason. Let's Understood. just be honest with ourselves. I don't know that you want to go into a eight, nine game season messing around with John Walford. I just don't. Stafford's leading the league in QBR. Yeah, that ain't really by what you want to be doing over Brady. Case Keenum by a ton. Backup. <laughs> yeah, but he's a backup. I hear he is. That backups was a backup for a reason. No, no, I- he was a backup that was a starter in the league. So it's a difference. A successful starter won it's a lot six, of games won a playoff Fitzpatrick. game. No, but this Ryan Fitzpatrick is a zillion years old, man, and he looks it. That's why he, come on now. <laughs> and he looks it. <laughs> like something about you being on the field. And he looks it. Yes. Okay. And the beard. <laughs> what would be the panic meter for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Zero fifty 50 to the max if they lost Big Ben. Max? 
I think it's zero to tell you the truth only because I don't – I've been playing okay now, but Mike Tomlin won eight games without Ben Roethlisberger. One year ago, he won eight games, right? Like, I – I think with uh, Roethlisberger's a difference in a game or two for this team right now. To the max. So you want to uh, you, you call it fifty fifty. It's to the max. You lose Ben Roethlisberger, you just lost your team. Um, they went into this season bringing Ben Roethlisberger back because they thought he had one last chance, and he's showing that he's for whatever resurgence, little bit that he's gotten, that this team is a better team with him upright and playing. I guess winning football, which he's been playing. That's why they're winning games. So it would be to the max. You 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 can't replace him because there ain't nothing to replace. Like, who do you have? To the max. They're four and three. That's crazy thinking about how everything kicked off. Considering that they're four and three right now. They're Still one game ahead of it. That, that they were they were eight and eight. Now they're four and three. It's almost the same thing. They didn't have Roethlisberger last year. I'm just telling you, Tomlin's gonna squeeze blood from a stone if he has to. They've only played seven games? Yeah. Yes. Right? They had to buy. Yeah. Four so that means that means that somebody in front of them. Play one more. Yeah. So that means Baltimore. that. Never mind. That means that I was about to. Oh, no, the, no. Cincinnati. I was Cincinnati about to do the Chris Canty. <laughs> what, what, <what's laughs> like Chris did yesterday they, with, the, uh, with the, um, the New Orleans Saints. Because New Orleans had seven games. They've only played seven. And everybody else has played eight. Right. So he says that they're not in the mix because of that. That's what I was getting ready to do. I just had to. Real quick. Jabbing Chris yes, Canty. Yes, I have to. <laughs> Sneaky. <laughs> sneaky, not sneaky Something, at all. Like, yeah, they, they are ahead of them because right. they play one more game. Let, Did you let, not do the math? Let's sneak one more in quickly. What would the panic meter be if and when the car the Colts have to deal with Carson Wentz getting injured? Zero fifty to the max. To the max again. You lose Carson Wentz, you you you're in trouble. Uh, even though Carson Wentz didn't play great uh. last week, at the end, the last two minutes completely screwed up the rest of the game for him. Um. Yeah, it would be in trouble. I would go. I would go to the max right now. But oh, if, if if it would have been before the deadline and they'd have traded up. for Nick Foles, Set I'd be up. at zero. You fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Set you right up, Why? Max, because we knew what you were gonna do. Well, hey, I, I say to the max. Yeah, we knew you were gonna say no, that. No, though. that's what you said, though. No, but we knew. <laughs> I'm trying to brush past <laughs> the other part. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want people at home to know. <laughs> Some of the things that sometimes Evan says in my ear, and I love him for it. He said, oh, I said if, if and, and when they lose him. I'm like, oh, I can't. if and when they lose no, him. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Yates just keep doing this. Yates just killing I Evan can. all day. <laughs> what about no you? To the max, man. It's Carson Wentz. The great you're Carson. Still, you're still waiting for him. I mean, he's been playing better with the exception of no doubt. those last plays. He's been playing better. No Here, doubt. man, you take it. But you know what? The <laughs> fact that he's, it's still – I'm just waiting to hear him say, like, that's not acceptable. That's on me. It's always, it's always with the caveat kind of like, well, that's how we play or that's how I play. Or I, I, I want to hear him take full response. If you're in your own end zone at that moment in the game, the only two that's things bad. that can't happen is you can't take a sack in the end zone. You can't – Throw an interception. Just can't do those. What well, does that things. become? Or to the you max can't for Frank Dan Wright? Orlowski it either. Does that well, become? That's true too. Yeah, to the max for Frank Wright. We're asking on the Dr Pepper Twitter feed. You only get two words. Okay, two words. Somebody's How would you describe you the initial college football playoff ranking? For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus. 
Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN News, <laughs> Smart Speakers <laughs> Podcast. Time for the college football rankings reaction as Georgia comes in first in the initial rankings. That was no surprise. Rankings reaction is brought to you by Wendy's. Right now at Wendy's, try their brand new fries for yourself with fries that are guaranteed to be hot and crispy or they'll replace them at participating U.S. Wendy's. But the big story is Cincinnati. Paul Feinbaum said this yesterday on our show about where he thought Cincy needed to finish to, or to, to be ranked in these first rankings. If they are at the number four position, I would be very concerned because they would, I think they're going to move down. Uh, if they're number two or three, then they can breathe a little bit easier. Their problem is, is the schedule. Their problem is Pretty the schedule. Point. Their problem is they only beat Navy by a touchdown. Greg McElroy joins us on the Goodyear Hotline now. Greg, welcome. Good morning. You heard uh, Paul say he thought since he needed to be third, they're sixth. What's the level of concern? Uh, on a scale of one to ten, about a nine. But it should have always been a nine. There should have been no false sense of security, guys. Everyone that you looked at the AP poll and used that as a real legitimate source of where since he might end up when the college football playoff committee released their rankings, that was obviously very inaccurate. It was, it was misguided because Cincinnati, like I've said forever, and I'm sure like you guys, I've probably said it with you guys. I don't know. I mean, I've said it a million times. All I know is that there is absolutely nothing Cincinnati can do to get in the playoff. What needs to happen for Cincinnati is they need everything else in the power five to completely fall apart. And that's very plausible, by the way. You need a two-loss Big Ten champion. You need Georgia to beat Alabama. So Alabama has two losses. You need to have a one-loss or a two-loss Big 12 champion. You need to have chaos in the Power Five for you to find your way in. And that, by the way, is very possible. Michigan and Michigan Michigan State just played a great game. Michigan State still has to play Ohio State. Michigan State still has to play Penn State. So there's very real possibility that things blow up and Cincinnati finds their way in, but they've never been in control of their own destiny. They're always at the mercy of what happens in other conferences, and that's a very unsettling place to be. Cincinnati is the highest 
non-Power 5 school in the history of the college football playoffs to be ranked this high. Why, let me ask you this, though, Greg. Why wouldn't the committee just uh, – what are they afraid of, better yet, to move a team like Cincinnati in front of some of the others? What are they afraid of? I don't think they're afraid of anything, Key. It's just about the fact that Cincinnati has two Power 5 wins and the teams that they're being measured against have six. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. And the thing, too, I don't care. I mean, you play, Jay will play, Max play. I mean, everyone's played sports before. A win's a win to me. Like, I'm not going to sit here and people saying last night, well, they barely beat Tulane, they barely beat Navy. No, that doesn't matter to me. One of my consents is getting everybody's best shot. I've seen Navy play close with a lot of good teams in the past. I don't care about that. What I care about is the fact that the teams that they're beating – aren't as good as the teams that Ohio State might be beating on a weekly basis or the teams that Alabama might be beating on a weekly basis. The Power Five is a clear step above, whether people want to acknowledge that or not. So I don't care about the style points that Cincinnati supposedly needs to create. What I want to see is what I want to see is them get into a Big 12 conference, which they're going to here in a couple years, and see them week in, week out, have to play quality opponents that can legitimately beat them. Because right now they have to peak two or three times a year. And when you only have to peak two or three times a year, you're not necessarily getting the best strength of record at the strength of resume. So that's the problem. And that's why the big, the, the big schools, the Power Five schools, will always have the inside track when measured against a team like Cincinnati. Greg McElroy, ESPN SEC analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Greg, I have to ask you because, you know, Alabama ranked second in uh, what came out last night. But what side are you on when you think about the college football playoffs? Do you think about, hey, who are the four most deserving teams or who are the four best teams? Because if I were to see Cincinnati go against Georgia, that point spread had to be like it would be like 24 or something like that. It would be, around, it would be that high. What side of the aisle are you on? I'm more on the resume side. Uh, some friends last night, I think Bama being two, that was an eye test ranking. That was because everyone thinks that Bama is the, clearly the second best team. I have an ally on the side of the resume. Team with the best win should be ranked number two. And the team right now with the best wins, Michigan State. They're at three. Who cares? We're splitting hairs. What I think the committee did, though, is they prepared the college football world for a scenario where Alabama's in the SEC championship and they beat Georgia. That would obviously put Alabama in. They just put Alabama up there right now as kind of a hold serve, saying to Alabama, hey, you control your own destiny. You went out, you're in. You lose to Georgia, you're out. So that's essentially, I think, what they did last night. But I lean towards the side of kind of valuing the resume more so than the eye test, and that clearly is not something that the committee agrees with me on. Greg McElroy, ladies and gentlemen. Greg, thanks so much for jumping on with us this morning. You got it, guys. Y'all have a great day. All right. Yeah, it's all, right, all, all the things he said would have to happen for Cincinnati. He said they're plausible. He's right. But it's like playing a parlay. They all have to happen mm-hmm. for Cincy to get I just in. Like the, I, I feel like the – college football playoff people i just want to see cincinnati get in and pop somebody yeah 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 but as he said it's forget about eyeball test where you might think all these teams are better than cincinnati they haven't had enough good wins and that's what they're looking at from one former jets back up to another coming up Keyshawn j will and max espn radio thanks for listening to Keyshawn j will and max the podcast check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 eastern on espn radio 